What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. As you all know by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JustBaseball and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. One, download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JustBaseball. Two, deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. Three, you will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JustBaseball when you sign up. Disclaimer. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions and must be 21 or older to wager. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-327-369. 5050 in Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, and 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and get your $1,500 first bet offer today. We promised the wild card talk. We're going to give you the wild card talk. Stop hassling us, okay? Jack, Peter, just baseball show for Tuesday, September 26th. Um, what the hell is going on in the American League West? Are the Houston Astros going to miss the playoffs? That was the thing that was like pressing on my mind all weekend. How do you get swept at home by Kansas City? We're going to get into that. We're going to get into the National League wild card picture, which is still kind of wide open although Cincinnati coughed up a nine run lead this weekend but we got to start with someone that's really bad at hitting this year but Peter before all that what what, what do you want to say before all that we are brought to you by bet MGM sign up and deposit into your newly created account using promo code just baseball download the bet MGM sports app on iOS or Android or visit betmgm.com place your first bet offer and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if it loses if the bet does lose your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled gambling problem call or text 1-800-GAMBLER must be 21 or older terms and conditions apply jack is this wild card race kind of making you nervous like it's making me kind of squeamish a little bit because major league baseball is the only sport where we have 162 games to decide who are the best teams. That's why we have so much data in Major League Baseball, because there are so many games and so many data points. In the NFL, 17 games. Overreaction theater is common. In the NBA, they have a decent-sized sample of 82. But rarely 
with five games left in the regular season, which ends on October 1st, we have no idea who is going to win the West. It's still not written in stone that the Orioles are going to win the American League East. The Dodgers and the Braves have wrapped up their divisions, but it ain't a guarantee in the Central either. So, and then we got to talk about Javier Baez. And then we got to talk about Javier Baez. We'll, we'll do Baez to start. My thing on baseball and just looking at it in the macro and my kind of galaxy brain take on the baseball postseason and the baseball regular season is that it is the best. Basketball, mm-hmm. it's clear that the regular season just does not really matter. Half the league gets in. If you have star players, they play 60 games of the 82 or they play 65 of the 82. If they're adamant, they'll play 75 of the 82. And you'll get in, and and there's nothing really to worry about. Football, every single week matters. So there's no tricking you into thinking that you can get over a loss. Like, every loss hurts, especially in college football. Like, you are full-blown eliminated after one loss, pretty much. Or maybe two, if you're in a power conference like that. But with baseball, there's a suspension bridge, where at the beginning of the year, It feels like every game matters. There's a term called the dog days that doesn't exist in any other sports. And then in September, this shit matters again. So we're looking at this and we're looking at Seattle, a half game out of the final wildcard spot in the American League. And we're saying, wow, if you only won like two more games in July or like you didn't have a really crappy month of May. But like the games didn't matter this much back then. And they do like it's it's so much fun to kind of look at the the whole thing of 162. You mentioned the massive sample. We have so many data points that are clearly spelled out because there are so many pieces that go into the sample size. But the fact that these games matter so much more now when it counted the same on July 12th is so much fun. That's why, while it is the dog days, right? It's the middle of summer. People are on vacation. There's less attention paid to a Wednesday game in July. Every game matters. Imagine if the Padres went 500 in one-run games this year. They would be in the playoff picture instead of on the outside looking in. And for them, it's too little too late. And this is the only sport where you can forget that every game truly matters. That's the point here. But before we get into the debate of who is going to actually win out in order to get to the playoffs, which the MLB playoffs, just to um, piggyback on your on your last point, I think baseball is the one sport and you could argue the NBA, but baseball takes it to the nth degree where I think truly the best team wins. You have a 162-game sample, double the NBA season, to figure out who were the best regular season teams. Then there's five-game series, seven-game series, and you're facing a lot of your competition in order to get to the World Series. So I think baseball is the one sport that we have that can truly decide who was the best team. In the NFL, one game in the playoffs. Right. And then you move on. Right. Imagine like the Royals just beat the Astros. If they played one game, any team can win. I don't think that truly decides who are the best teams. So when you're getting a seven game series consecutively and you're facing every team, that's why you you could argue March Madness as well. But again, that's one game samples. Baseball truly decides 
who are the best teams. No, I would never argue March Badness. I actually think it's the opposite. I don't yeah. think the best team wins often enough, to be totally frank. Like, if the best team won, we'd see all four one seeds in the Final Four, but that's just not the case. So you have Fairleigh Dickinson. Um, I will push back a little bit there because I think it's a combination of being good enough to get into the postseason, but when you get in there, it is the hottest team. Atlanta, when they won in 21, they were an 88-win team during the regular season. They did not, like, they were not the best team in baseball. San Francisco won 107. The Dodgers won 105 or 106. Last year, the Phillies were not the best team in the National League, but they were on the doorstep of a World Series. So I think it's a combination of being good enough to get in, but also being in the best position when you do enter the postseason. I don't think it's the best team. I think it's the hottest team and probably the best structured team for the postseason. I could, I see what you're saying, but when we looked at that Phillies team last year, and I think you could do this for a lot of teams who ended up making the World Series, they had all the makings of a World Series team, whether it be top end talent offensively, great starting pitching, a good back end bullpen. Like you don't see teams without a really good formula making the World Series. So you could say, well, they weren't the best team in the regular season, but in the regular season, they could have had injuries. There was problems with the manager or whatever excuse you want to make, but that doesn't make them the worst team. I think it, when all these teams are at full strength into the postseason, you really find out who were the best teams. Like the Phillies last year, you could say, well, the record, they weren't the best team in the National League, but you looked at them on paper and when they finally got a new manager, they weren't losing, right? And you could say, well, they were getting hot. But the entire second half, and ever since they made that change from Joe Girardi to Rob Thompson, they were the best team in the National League. That's why when we made our preseason, or um, after last season when we were predicting who's going to make the World Series, a lot of us said the Phillies, right? Because we thought they were potentially the best team. That's what I think it decides. But you also forget that the Dodgers won 111 games and Trey Turner was on that team. Like, that's the thing, man. I The Dodgers were the best team in baseball going into the postseason. The Phillies were not better than the Dodgers. We all the knew best that. Regular, the best you know, we all knew that the Dodgers were better than the Philadelphia Phillies going into the postseason. Did we not? We're not changing the course that. of time. This is not 1984. We are no, not now, changing the course now of that time. I, now that I have context and I want to fit my narrative, I can say that definitively. Fair. Yeah. yeah. No, this is good and this is healthy and this is probably what we should do as an American society. I like it. Let's talk about <laughs> Javier Baez. I'm going to believe whatever I want to believe. Fine. The that's worst, fine. <laughs> the worst qualified hitter in Major League Baseball this season is the guy with four years, $98 million left on his contract. Javier Baez, the shortstop of the Detroit Tigers. In terms of WRC+, plus, 61. He is 39% below the league average hitter. Now, WRC+, plus accounts for where you play, the ballpark. And at Comerica, it's not an easy place to hit in. So he gets a bump to his WRC+. Plus, and it is still the worst among all qualified hitters. Out of 135 hitters, he ranks 135th. He is slashing 220 267, 323 with only nine home runs. Now he's been good defensively, but not so good that he's been worth one win this year. 0.8 F war. 
Javier Baez, the fall from grace, right? This was a perennial all-star guy. Chicago Cubs wins a World Series, goes to the Mets, lights the world on fire, even though the Mets couldn't capitalize, gets a big-time contract in a free agent year where Marcus Semyon was available and only signed for about $30 million more. This guy, we kind of bag on him, but now that we have the entire season really say, Javier Baez, this might be the worst contract in Major League Baseball right now. Yeah, him and Story signed identical deals in the same offseason, and I think those two you're probably looking at as two of the worst for totally different reasons. Story's not a shortstop anymore. Story's been incredibly unavailable. Javier Baez just sucks now. And, and I think that the baseball community as a majority looked at both of those deals and said, these suck in real time. We looked yeah. at him and we're like, ooh, I don't know. That's a drastic overpay. Wouldn't you know, two years later, we're looking at a drastic overpay. Couple points, couple data points on Javier Baez. O-swing is just chase rate. It's the percentage of pitches outside the strike zone that you see that you swing at. Javier Baez is second in all of baseball, only, only behind Salvador Perez. In terms of zone rate, the amount of pitches that you see in the strike zone, Javier Baez sees the second fewest pitches in the strike zone, only more than Bryce Harper. Do you know what pitchers are doing to Javier Baez? I'm not going to throw you a strike and you're going to strike out. 37% of the pitches that he sees are in the strike zone. And this guy chases nearly 50% of pitches outside the strike zone. You, Arm, and I are not people who like to tear guys down. This podcast is built on highlighting under-the-radar-type under players, highlighting the best players in baseball, and some people say we glaze too much. But this guy, I do not feel bad for ripping him. One, because he makes so much money. That's reason number one. Number two, those stats you just rattled off. There is a lack of of making an adjustment. You are a major league player. This is a pattern. You know they're not going to throw you strikes. You know they're going to throw you sliders low and away. And instead of changing, instead of adapting, you continue to fish. That's why Javier Baez goes viral so often, because he's swinging at pitches 30 feet outside the zone. I can imagine... Like, I've watched a Tigers game where a reliever will throw a slider outside of the zone, like way outside of the zone, and he will flail at it. And you know when all these relievers, like, do their struts or any starting pitcher? I've seen them smile. Like, they think it's funny. It's embarrassing. Dude. So I don't feel bad for him because he's not just a guy coming up, right? And it's like, oh, you know, he's a young guy. He's got to make adjustments. We'll build on this. No, no, no. Javier Baez is 30, right? I don't know exactly how old he is. You could probably search it up, but he ain't 24, Jack. This has been years and years and years of this happening over and over again. And a guy making that much money to be the cornerstone of the Detroit Tigers has yet to make an adjustment and shows no signs of doing so. 
He's 30 years old. He turns 31 early this offseason, um, I think in November. Yeah, galaxy brain there. I know ball. I know ball. Thank Good you. on you going to baseball reference or wherever. <laughs> um, he debuted in 2014 with the Cubs. It is the same exact conversation that we are having about Javier Baez when he was with the Cubs in 2014. What, he was 21, 22 years old when he debuted. And we'd hope he grew out of it. And like sometimes when they the pitchers never figured it out, they're like, oh, wait, you're just going to swing if I throw it outside the strike zone. Okay, so that's the thing. Going back to the smiling point, like it's almost like I can't believe this is real. (laughs) Like I do this and then this result happens. Everybody this guy's hitting think that was real. This guy's hitting third. Like this is Javier Baez. Are you kidding? Can that's what it feels like. Can we strip him of the El Mago nickname? Like, are we done with the El Mago thing? I don't know. The El Mago thing is for you tags. Chicagoans. He made some sweet tags, and he yeah. made Will Craig look like an idiot between home and first base. He did. He did. That was actually an electric highlight. That's why Javier Baez, no, like, I can understand it, why that he was, fans. No, that was, and Will Craig, I guarantee you will tell you, that was dumbassery on Will Craig's part. That was not magic from Javier Baez. It wasn't magic. All I said was that play was electric. It was electrically stupid. It was incredibly stupid. Um, Yeah, man, like it's hard to watch. It's the quickest opt-in to $98 million I've ever seen. Ever seen. And Detroit is screwed with that contract, which stinks because I thought Detroit was trending positively and they can still trend positively and they could DFA him with two years remaining. I'm, I'm not putting that out of the realm of possibilities, but the Boston Red Sox can eat that money on story much easier than the Detroit Tigers can eat that money on Baez. And that's where it hurts so badly. They were in the Correa sweepstakes. They were in so many other sweepstakes, and they ended up not settling for Baez because they still reached with that contract. But with all the excitement you've got of Riley Green and Kerry Carpenter and Torkelson starting to heat up and Colt Keith coming up and Justin Henry Malloy coming up and Tarek Skubal back healthy and all these other pitchers on the mend and Ty Madden and Jackson Job, There are so many exciting things going on in Detroit but you still got to watch Javi Baez hit third and play shortstop. I'm talking about Sawyer Gibson Long and Reese Olsen before I'm even mentioning the six-year, $140 million man in Javier Baez. Sawyer Gibson Long, who has been kind of nasty. He's been nasty. Reese Olsen, who goes into Los Angeles and shoves. Tigers fans were like, can you guys talk about resource and start? Hell yeah, we can talk about it. He was awesome. Are you kidding me? Goes into Chavez Ravine and dominates like that? Detroit Tigers should be excited. These fans should be excited about a lot of the young talent. We haven't even mentioned the third overall pick in Max Clark. Yes, should they have gone with Wyatt Langford? Probably. Should they have gone with Walker Jenkins? Probably. But it's not like he got fleeced. He's a really exciting prospect that you have too. When we talk about these guys, like we compare them to some of the best trap picks we've ever seen, which is not fair to Max Clark, who is still a good player. And by saving money on the Max Clark deal, Arms said they hit on the next pick, right? So they got Kevin McGonigal. They got a double whammy. So they're trending in a good direction here, but they still have this just glut. And that's why he pisses me off so much above anything. And and every team lack makes, of adjustment. 
Yeah. And every team makes bad deals. Um, this one just things it. and it's current. Like, dude, and the- it's also on a team that doesn't spend money like that. It's not like the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Mets or the Dodgers or the Padres. No, but it's the Detroit Tigers. So you can think about Chris Davis in Baltimore. I think that's the closest thing to it. Just dead weight from from dead Chris weight. Davis in Baltimore after that crazy extension. And Javi's just dead weight, which sucks. And when those small market teams have dead weight contracts, you feel it to the nth degree. And unfortunately, over the last two years, Joey Votto has just kind of been dead weight for the Cincinnati Reds. Now he's possibly on a Hall of Fame track. We just talked about it yesterday. So, But how often, I do, that how often do how often do Reds players speak about how important Joey Votto is He's to so the team important. versus when, when's the last time you heard Riley Green saying, thank the Lord that we have Javier Baez in the locker room? Uh, I was actually texting with Riley Green today, and he said, yeah. honestly, I'm just thrilled that Javi's here. He's keeping our heads level. And maybe if they were asked about him, they would say that. We're we're not saying that he's a cancer. We're not saying that at all. But we hear when other players on teams talk about their veterans, even if they're producing or not on the field. I haven't heard a wink about any of them, and they're all young. Can you say anything about Javier Baez? Real quick, and, I'm gonna I'm gonna be an yeah, asshole for a minute. Have you have you ever heard? Asshole. Have you ever heard a wink? I haven't I've heard, heard a wink. wink. You've heard a wink. You hear See, like that's little- not the important part of. I'm not a wordsmith. I'm a ball knower. I'm a ball knower who's not very good with the words. I think, I think the social out. media commenters would disagree. I think you don't know ball, bro. <laughs> well, they don't know shit. I know ball, or at least I try to, but I'm not the wordsmith. Heard a wink. You know what I'm talking about here. Can you explain the wild card situation to me then? Let's start with the American League because that's the one that has me in a mental pretzel more than the National League. The AL, as it stands right now, Tampa's in uh, – what Baltimore is a game and a half clear of Tampa at this point, maybe two games clear Um, blue Jays. They are too clear of the final spot. They've won seven to 10, but the Astros just got swept at home by Kansas city. They are half a game clear of the Mariners who just got swept as well. Um, who's going to miss Houston or Seattle are the Houston Astros going to miss the playoffs. The well, Rangers like lead the AL West. Well, it's going to be decided. So, Seattle has seven games left. Four more against the Rangers. Three more against the Astros. Houston, three against the Mariners. Three against the Diamondbacks. And Texas, four games against the Mariners. Three games against the Los Angeles Angels. So, the team that truly controls their own destiny is the Seattle Mariners. And this is a really bad time to go cold. The Rangers getting Josh Young back and Evan Carter being a fucking stud. They might be back. And if they're back, they can win the World Series. And I don't say that lightly. What have I been saying this entire season? If the Rangers look like the Rangers... They can beat any team on any given day. When they have no breaks in the lineup, Jack, they put seven on you quick. The Mariners, they don't score eight runs often. What happened at the tail end of that series? 9-8 win from the Texas Rangers. That's what the Rangers do. Even when 
They give up a bunch of runs. Their offense is prolific. And the Mariners, they don't win those type of games. They'll rarely score. So if they're facing a team with an electric offense, it doesn't really matter who's on the mound. They can't keep up. So as we sit here today, we got a hot Rangers team against a cold Mariners team. That spells Rangers success for me. So with that said, congratulations, Seattle Mariners. You just made the wild card because it keeps switching over and over again. How can I pull? How can I make an opinion right now? It's amazing. And we're going to get to formulate our opinion this week. Seattle is at home against Houston Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then Thursday through Sunday, they're at home against Texas. I mean, if you're watching anything, it's the ball going on in Seattle. It's just those, like, I'm so locked in. So we're talking on Monday afternoon, Monday night, late night, 940 Eastern first pitch is Verlander against Luis Castillo. In Seattle, who wins? The Mariners. We're going to go through this. Okay, so the Mariners, 1-0. Tonight at 10.05, George Kirby against Christian Javier. Who wins? The Mariners. (laughs) Wednesday, it's Bryce Miller against Framber Valdez. That's the Astros win. So the Mariners are 2-1 at this point. The Astros are 1-2. On Thursday, Seattle starts that four-game set with Texas. Houston is off. On Friday... Game two of the four-game set with Texas. Houston is at Arizona to end of the season. And we don't have the probables yet. But, man, that's terrifying. There's a, very, so strong, there's a very strong chance that the Astros do not make the playoffs, which I just cannot fathom. Can we, can you we go get three into that? You go three and seven in your last 10 games, man. Like they're just, you cannot get swept by the Royals. And now you can say, well, they ran into a buzzsaw that is the Royals who have won six in a row, but you cannot do that. And the Astros keep doing this. They keep showing us that they are the best team. And then they have these losing streaks. Like you face Cole Reagans. And when you face Cole Reagans, you're probably going to lose. But the other games, there's there's no excuse for this. They're playing complacent. That's what, when I watch Astros games, I'm like, this is not a team that feels the sense of urgency. But the issue is with me saying that the Mariners win these two of the next three is when the Astros have a sense of urgency, they are an unstoppable force. But the Mariners have proven they can beat the Astros. This, I, they might tie. I don't know. Right? Puts your brain in a mental pretzel. So work with me here. Cole Reagan's got the win over Framber Valdez. Okay. You know, Cole Reagan's is better. Except the feet. Reagan's is amazing. Yeah, he's the best. Saturday's game. 3-2 win for Kansas City. Mind you, in Houston, and Kansas City is an 102-loss team. They've won six in a row after their 102nd loss of the year. Crazy time to snap into high gear. Tyler Cropley is like fully an org guy that was the seven hitting catcher for them in a three, two win Cropley. Like I saw make his triple a debut the week before I was like, who are you? I think you hit under 200 and double a, 
but a great moment. Like they're it's it's the favor moments for Kansas City at this point. That's where they're at in this season. It's get the or guy up, give him his taste of Major League Baseball. Jordan Lyles went five innings of two-hit shutout ball to lower his ERA to 6-2-4. There were five guys that threw. Jordan Lyles threw five. Carlos Hernandez is Colin Snyder. I think it's Colin Snyder, who I saw with Omaha this year. 27-year-old. Tucker Davidson, Taylor Clark. Lyles has a 6-2-4. Hernandez has a 5-0-5. Snyder has a 4-2-6. Davidson has a 6-2-0. Clark has a 5-4-9. You score two runs against them, and you muster two hits in five innings against Jordan Lyles, who is now 5-17 and 17 on the year. Fast forward to Sunday, you lose 6-5. Alec Marsh got the win over you. They went with an opener. Is this Fernando Cruz? It's not. He's a Cincinnati Red. It's Steven <laughs> Cruz, 24-year-old. Then you don't know Marsh. Steven Cruz? then marsh then tucker davidson then carlos hernandez then james MacArthur, four six six five six 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 one two four nine eight five three one none of these eras are good and they're losing back-to-back games that's why i'm leaning towards the mariners winning this series because while the mariners just got kind of embarrassed by the texas rangers like you're playing when they're hot the best team in baseball and the astros are getting swept by the royals like you don't get lower than that. Now, is there a sense of urgency? Do they kick it in gear with, but Maybe. like, do we believe in, do we believe in Javier? What has Framber shown us that we're like, all right, now that's the guy. Now Framber at minute made in the playoffs, of course, on the road in Seattle, they've seen him 60 times. I don't know how any Astros fan feels good right now. And then you have Verlander versus Castillo, like at home, like that Castillo's better. Like, you're not in a good spot, Astros, at all. But neither are the Mariners. They suck, too. Like, they they did not play well against the Rangers at all. Like, the Rangers bum-rushed them. But let's not pretend that the Mariners played anything good in that series. Okay, so Texas is going to win the division. Are we there? Texas is in Anaheim. Before going yeah. to Seattle to end the season, with but four. now knowing this, like the Angels with Nolan Shanwell probably beat them. I don't know. Like, can this the Rangers so can ass. the Rangers bottle this? Can the Rangers bottle this that they had at the beginning of the year and keep it going? Because if they can, they can seriously win the World Series. I if feel they like, can't, they're going to be an exit. I feel like we're doing a disservice to our listeners right now because we just don't have answers and we don't have like predictions, but. That's what nobody, this American League wild card is. Nobody on earth knows what's going to happen. So if you hear other podcasts, other people tell you they definitively know, they don't. We can try, but it keeps changing. That's what makes right. this so electric and so much fun. It's because genuinely nobody has an idea. You can base your opinion on what just happened. But what we've seen in this race is that what just happened does not continue. So here's here's what I want to do here. Those three teams, the Rangers, the Astros, and the Mariners, I want you to give me the reason they get into the postseason and the reason they don't get into the postseason. Start with the Rangers. If they we'll don't start. make it, if they have a terrible if they have a terrible week and it's Houston and Seattle, why did the Rangers miss the postseason? 
the Rangers would miss the postseason if their bullpen blows leads that they get because I still am confident enough in this starting pitching staff. I don't love it, but I'm confident enough. I love the offense right now, but I can totally see it's a 5-3 game and it ends 6-5 Angels because of a blow-up by Will Smith, the world is Chapman, Martin Perez, you name it, right? You name it in that back end. That's how the Rangers don't get there because when their offense is rolling like this, you're going to have to outscore them, but you can when you get to the back end, and I don't love the starting pitching. For the Houston Astros. Hold on. We're going team by team. Okay. Okay. We'll go team by team. For Texas, for me, if they don't get in, it's because the bottom half of their lineup goes dark this mm-hmm. week. Good so I, I think Semyon and Seeger and Adolis are going to be just fine. Um, Evan Carter, I'm pretty much going to clump into that group of four right now because he's got How a sick as that. He has an 1131 OPS right now. He's hitting 318. Just he's like he's so good. He's so good. And he can get into that power pole side and he's amazing. But if Nathaniel Lowe goes through a rough stretch and if Josh Young goes through a rough stretch and if Garver and Hyman and Leoti just can't really get it done. Can you like see that happening? All those guys are so good. Like the Rangers are so good. They are so they good, are good. But but like this is baseball, man. And sometimes yeah, those guys that are not superstars go cold. So if if those five go dark, I don't know how I feel about Ivaldi on the mend and that bullpen and the rest of that rotation to will them into the postseason. So that's how they miss it. I think it's highly unlikely that Texas misses the postseason at this point. What if Texas gets in? Why is it? I think it's because of the top four. I think it's Semyon, Seeger, Adolis, and Evan Carter just hitting the fuck out of the ball for the next week. And then they only need a couple of those guys to stay hot. Whether that's Josh Young, Jonah Heim goes cold. Other way around. Leody Tavares gets hot. Evan Carter falters. As long as you have those front four crushing it, all you need is for your sixth and ninth hitter to do well because they just. They get on you so quickly, and it's not just base hits. It's power. I mean, Corey Seager is the best qualified hitter in Major League Baseball. Yeah. By WRC+, plus, right? With Shohei out, he is number one. Marcus Semyon is just the train engine that moves. Adolis Garcia can hit a home run at any given moment. That's why he's one of the league leaders in RBIs. Nathaniel Lowe just keeps doing his thing. Yeah. They're just They're overwhelming. Are you are you but, kind of same deal? Like the offense just going to drag him there? I think the, I think the only way they lose is is at the end of the games, and that's the only besides their offense getting cold in that stretch where they suffered a couple injuries. Like Jonah Heim and Josh Young were injured for a decent chunk of this season, um, but when they're all healthy, I I just cannot see them not putting up five. It's just them giving up six, and but that that's the thing. I can easily see that happening. That is not out of the realm of possibilities. Like they just won a nine to eight game. They're not going to score nine every game. They'll probably score five or six, but teams can hit against them. But I'm the most confident in them right now because when they're playing Rangers baseball, I seriously think they can win the world series. Yep. Houston. If Houston makes the postseason, it's because their starting rotation started the postseason early. You've got Verlander, Kind of Verlander's not a really great postseason pitcher, um, but he can throw like an ace to get them to the postseason. So Verlander puts out a couple good outings. But what I mean by that is Fromber becomes untouchable. 
and Javier kicks into a different gear and Hunter Brown gets him through four scoreless. What data do we have to say that Christian Javier is bouncing back? He is nuts. I I can't. I the can't 2022 postseason. I agree, but we have an entire season of the fastball not being there and the slider not being there. And if they're not there, he's a two-pitch guy who cannot survive. Right. That's why he was a swingman. And then those two pitches became otherworldly. And then they regressed. And now we're dealing with like a fringe five-starter, four-starter. That's what he is. Got a four and a half. It's not that good. The average starter ERA in baseball across all teams is four, three, five. So So an average starter on an average team, he's been below that. And he's the three starter. That's not good. Framber Valdez has been wildly inconsistent this season. He has no hitters, then blowups. You never really know what you're going to get. And Justin Verlander is 40 at in the end of September. I do not think the Astros, like if I had to rank them, I would go Rangers, Mariners, Astros. I'm because they're not hitting. They're not hitting either. So if they get Bullpen in, I love, because, but they're not hitting. If they get in, is it because of their hitters for you? No, I think that you're right. I think that the way they get in is they have to get dominant outings from the guys who have been dominant before. What I'm saying is, I have no reason to believe that can happen right now. So if they miss, it's because it's same old, same old? Same old, same old. Okay. I say if they miss, yes, it's because the same old, same old in the rotation, but it's also because Ryan Presley looks human and Brian Abreu looks human. Honestly, like the offense for me is they're a always they're always able. Mm. So, like Presley yeah, got tagged right. recently. You're right. You're right. You're right. Abreu is not getting tagged. Like Brian Abreu's yes. nails. He's the but best. Presley has looked vulnerable. Rafael Montero, who's making twelve mil this year, by he the way. Not- he should Looks not be pitching bad, but man, like I, I wish I could sit here and say like, oh, if they don't get in, it's because Jordan and Kyle Tucker aren't that good. Jordan and Kyle Tucker can be really good and they still might not get in. Guys aren't on base. Guys aren't on base. Mm-hmm. Like Jordan has to go crazy, crazy. And like, he's just going crazy right now. Not crazy, crazy, crazy to the nth. He ain't doing that right now. Neither what is Tucker. Doing? What do you Neither think is Bregman? What do I think? Who's OPSing? Jordan Alvarez. Probably 930. Higher. 970. Higher. See a thousand. He's a 995. Ugh. God, he's good. Every single year, it's clockwork. I mean, he's he's that dude. Future Hall he's of Fame. He's not the issue here. He's not the issue here. Neither is Kyle Tucker. But you know who has not been good? Jeremy Pena? No, not at all. The bottom of that lineup, they don't have the firepower the Rangers do. They just don't. I have the same concerns about the Mariners. You're getting into the six, seven, eight, nine. Talking about a guy who hasn't not lived up to what he did last year. Ty France has been bad. Mid 700s OPS as a first baseman who's not an R world defender. Like yeah. that's a below replacement level player hitting fifth and sixth in this lineup. So if they don't get tons of contributions from J.P. Crawford, Julio Rodriguez, 
and Teoscar Hernandez, the lineup goes so cold and it doesn't even matter who's pitching. That's why this Mariners Astros game, the series, if the if the top guys aren't hitting, like if Framber, Javier, and Verlander are able to get out those three, they don't even have to look good and shove against this Mariners offense because it's just not performing. But I still have more faith in the overall team at home in the Mariners because the Astros and the Mariners have a lot of the same problems, but I believe in the Mariners pitching more than I do the Astros. But an Astros team with a sense of urgency is a dangerous team. Very, very. Uh, real quick, Framberval, or uh, real quick, you are not Alvarez appreciation, and then we'll get to the Mariners and we'll we'll answer this question for them before jumping to the National League. You are not Alvarez, 108 games so far this year. Mentioned that 995 OPS. He's hitting 295 with 29 homers and 95 driven in. He could play 115 games and go 30 and 100. Yeah, he's the best lefty hitter in baseball, him and Harper. I'll take him over Harper at this point. Harper's a bad man. He's uh, 30 and 100 in 108 games. Here, we'll we'll cop out answer. Jordan in the American League, Harper in the National League. Yeah, so we that's so weak. That is so weak. Aren't we you supposed have... to be the takes god? I know, I can't. It's too hard with them. <laughs> um, it's sometimes like I can get to take, sometimes it's too hard. <laughs> Before we move to the National League, got to wrap up. No, Seattle, yeah. No, well, yeah, we okay. We'll wrap up in Seattle first. Yeah, how do you they, think they get bounced? If they get bounced, um, I think it's because this offense looks like it did in April. Same thing as the Astros. Same old, same old. Yeah, like I, I wish I we kind of already built upon it, but but their, their baseline. Issue... That's the thing. Like their baseline was flawed. Houston's baseline right now is flawed. Texas's baseline is successful. That's what they've done over the course of one sixty two. When you close your eyes and think about the Texas Rangers, first thing that comes to mind is good. When you close your eyes and think about the Astros and the Mariners, your shoulders tense up and you grit your teeth because you see the flaws this year. They have to they have to grind to get wins while the Rangers can just ambush you. And yeah. then it's just you, you, you can't climb a mountain that high in only a couple more innings. Yeah. Before we go to the National League, what I was trying to say is, you know what? Shout out the Toronto Blue Jays. Shout out the Toronto Blue Jays. Throughout all the mess, throughout me chirping you, you rose to the occasion. Great fucking series, Blue Jays, against the Rays. Great series. Going to Tampa, dominate from start to finish. That's the Blue Jays. Vladdy's starting to hit home runs. Bo Bichette's doing his thing. Springer. We can keep going down the line. These guys are contributing. Pitching. Gosman. That's an ace performance. They did the job. Shout out the Blue Jays. Getting hot at the right time. That's why I chirp you. Because I know it's in there. And you just haven't shown it. But when the going got tough, I doubted you. And you know what you fucking did? You shoved it in my face. Good shit, Blue Jays. Proud of you. I'm proud of you over there in Canada. Does Vladdy have five more hits in his pocket? He needs seven? Nine in six games. Oh, I thought he was lower than that. I thought it was like seven, five or seven. No, No, he got hurt. Yeah, I know, but he only missed like like a a day. day. 
I know. No, I think he needs, if my math is still correct, as we sit here on Monday, nine hits in six games. Ah, shit. I'm sorry. It's not impossible. It's not impossible. J-Rod ripped off 17 in four games. <laughs> I know. It's like, I'm glad he's not Julio Rodriguez. If he has two of those games with two hits, five hits in four games, he can do that. He can do that. He just has to have he has to have a big three or four hit day, and then we're we're right in the money. Yeah, um, um, National League time. Yeah, before we jump to the National League fantasy football, fully here we all run into this issue. You think your squad is better than your buddies? You're not in the same league. How can you take home bragging rights? Your solution is Verse Gaming. Their unique platform allows you and your friends to sync your fantasy football team directly from ESPN, Yahoo, or Sleeper and play head-to-head matchups against league mates. Even better, Verse will formulate gambling lines for your specific matchup. So if I'm playing you, Peter, on Verse, I can bet that I'll cover, you know, seven and a half that I clearly have on you because Amon Ross St. Brown is sick. Verse is... Sure. I'm taking me. <laughs> Verse, Verse is introducing a brand new element of fantasy sports. Just download the Verse Fantasy Sports app, and in just a few taps, you can start putting money down on your head-to-head matchups. Once you're signed up, you get a $20 referral bonus if you get your friends to sign up. And even better, they'll receive 50% or $50 in promo for using your code. Verse is available in 23 states, including California, Florida, Texas, New York, and Illinois. For more information, visit Verse Gaming or find them on your favorite social media platform at Verse Fantasy, V-E-R-S-E Fantasy. Verse Fantasy, you want in. Yeah. In the National League, the Atlanta Braves. A 100-win team, 156, and that's while losing four or six out of their last 10 games. Dodgers won the West, 96-59 and record, and they've been hot lately. They've won eight out of their last 10 games. The Milwaukee Brewers have clinched a playoff spot. They sit at 88-68 and atop of the National League Central, going 6-4 and in their last 10 games. Now we get in the wild card. The Phillies, 87 and 69. They have a five game lead. They are not technically in yet, but it would take an epic meltdown. And they're also getting hot at the right time, eight and two in their last 10 games. And here's where it gets difficult. The Arizona Diamondbacks, currently six and four in their last 10. They are a half game up over the Cubs, but they have played one less game and they play tonight. I'm not exactly sure how the dates line up, but you know what I'm talking about. We're recording on Monday. They're 82 and 73. Cubs are 82 and 74. Yeah. Marlins just a game back. Reds two and a half back. And the Padres and the Giants are five back. I don't think the Padres and the Giants are making it. No. But moving over to this side of the bracket, I mean, these, <laughs> we just kind of bagged on the Astros. The Astros would smash these teams respectfully they would smash these teams yeah like we're holding the astros and mariners and the rangers to a very high standard so when we were bagging on them you might be fans of those teams thinking you guys are a little bit harsh we all think they are potential world series contenders so we're trying to pick them apart these teams they're electric in their own way but they're all not taking advantage of the other teams not playing so well the National League is LeBron's Eastern Conference. Like the LeBron era, the Eastern Conference, the West was so much better, and this is the East. Um, 
let's play the game with Arizona, with the Cubs, the Marlins, and the Reds. If they get in, why? If they don't get in, why? Arizona, half game clear of that final spot. If Arizona gets in, I think it's because Gallen and Kelly put together amazing starts for them. Before before I completely dial, dive in, let me just tell you um, the schedule moving forward. So again, the Arizona Diamondbacks play the Astros three times, the Yankees once, and then the White Sox three times. So winning percentages of teams left, 470. The Cubs, three games against the Braves, then three games against the Brewers. Yep. While the Reds, they have only five games left, and all they need to do they face the Cardinals, then the Guardians, and the Brewers, three games against the Cubs, three games against the Cardinals. So just from a strength of schedule standpoint, I'm the most worried about the Cubs. Mm-hmm. And Miami, they got a pretty easy schedule left too. Just three against the Mets, three against the Pirates. Hmm. So, again, Diamondbacks, Cubs, Marlins, Reds, all decided by three games at the most. We can wrap up on the Diamondbacks, and then we'll keep moving through teams, but I think I know who's going to make it, or at least I can make a better prediction. It will be wrong, but I can make a more educated guess on this side. So... I think Arizona can survive the White Sox. Right now, the scheduled starters are Davies, Fott, TBD. Um, It could be you and me against those White Sox. I think we're good. So my like the way that I'm looking at it is Gallen and Kelly put together really good starts against the Astros. That's how I view it. That's how they get in. Yeah. Like that's why I think the Astros are going to be out and the Diamondbacks are going to be in. If they miss, I think it's because the Astros kicked it into postseason gear this week and they run exactly. into a buzzsaw, a Verlander, and you know those guys. Yep, I couldn't agree with you more. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be on the backs of those two because they should be able to win at least two out of three against the White Sox. At least. Diamondbacks, if you lose that series, you guys, like, let's be better. Yeah, You win that series, and if you win two of three against the Astros, you're in. If the Cubs get in, I think it's because they hit their way in. It's because I think, Cubs, I think the Cubs are going to be out. And now I was a Cubs apologist at the beginning of the season. I said I didn't believe in this team. They proved me wrong. And even if they don't make the playoffs, they absolutely proved me wrong. It's just they haven't been able to grab hold of this lead. In their last 10 games, four and six. When the going got tough, they haven't rose to the occasion. Now, they've had a couple of players who have, but the majority of the team has not done enough here. And then they have this gauntlet. Like, how are you going to do against the Braves? And maybe the Braves, their foot's off the gas a little bit. That's the thing. win team, they won the division already. Maybe they're not showing much. So that's when you can pounce, right? Free just hit the IL, unfortunately. And so did Charlie Morton. So you're not going to get their best arms either. It is an opportunity for them, but you just look at Braves versus Cubs on the schedule. It's hard for me to say, yeah, oh yeah, the Cubs are going to do totally fine that series. Yes, but I will say this is totally a foot off the gas schedule for them. It's 
Milwaukee in the back end, like Milwaukee will have clinched the central at this point. They're going to want to beat the Cubs. I like no way. Think they, so, they, but yes. like, what does that look they like? Does rival that... to kick them out. Of course. But, but does that look like Burns for six ahead of a wild card series? I don't think it. I don't think it does, but it might be for five. And then that electric bullpen. I mean, their bullpen is so good. Joel Piamps and Devin Williams at the back end. Like they don't need six, seven out of them. I think they're going to run into teams that don't have urgency. That's fair. And I could see that. That's why I could see the Cubs getting in. But when I look at the Marlins, I mean, talk about teams who don't have any urgency. No, I mean, they're seeing DJ Stewart who might see the Reds, the teams that the Reds are playing. No urgency, right? Just just another just to remind everybody, the Marlins play the Mets, then the Pirates and the Reds play the Cardinals, then the Guardians, like two teams who are out of it and have no incentive to win at all. It's not a division rival at the top of your division who wants to kick you out. Or the Braves who, like, they just roll up to the ballpark and score five. You make like, They're not point. trying is still really fucking good. No, you make a nice point. So I, I think the way the Cubs get bounced is if Atlanta and Milwaukee both want to beat the Cubs. Like, honestly, it comes down to their opponent. If they get in, it's because they hit enough. If they don't get in, it's because their better teams that they are seeing this final week are trying. I just question if they're actually going to be trying or not. And the Braves are still looking to put together or put put away that top seed. So, like, they could try, but Milwaukee's going to have the NL Central. They will be firmly in that third division winner spot. So they can't move at all. We'll see. Still a division rival, though. Like, they're not just going to roll out of bed and not care. It is. Um. The Marlins. If the Marlins get in, why? They keep pitching. And this offense, man, shout out Jake Berger. Shout out, shout out Jake Berger. He's been excellent. Solaire is back. Arise has dealt with being dinged up a little bit. But overall, the offense is humming right now. And when that team is hitting, they're dangerous. Because they have all this great starting pitching. Now, Sandy being out certainly doesn't help. But they've gotten good contributions, and the bullpen has been good enough for them to win games. They're playing together as a team. Shout out Skip Schumacher. Yeah. Really? I mean, I he's had his pitfalls before. You know, we talk about it in our group chat all the time. His bullpen decisions have been, you know, hit or miss. But at the same time, so is every manager. Like, overall... Got to give Skip Schumacher a lot of credit in that dugout and the rest of that coaching staff. Like they have done a very good job this year. And with their strength of schedule being bottom feeders and just being a game out, like if the Cubs had this Phillies lead, I'm not worried about them in the slightest, even with this. But they're a game out when the Marlins go play the Mets and the Pirates and the Cubs have the Braves and the Brewers. How can you not sit here and say, the team that is playing better right now in the Marlins, six and four in their last 10, yeah. facing the Mets and Pirates versus the Cubs, who are four and six. Now they have won three in a row, but they have the Braves and the Brewers. Like, will the prediction be right? No. What's the best educated guess? Marlins make it in over the Cubs and the Diamondbacks make it in. And your three remaining wildcard teams are the Marlins, the Diamondbacks. And the Phillies. And the Phillies. And the thing is, can the Reds catch the Cubs? 
I mean, just another reminder, the Reds faced the Cardinals and the Guardians. They could realistically win five straight and be right here. Do you think they will? We're going to hold on. We're going to I wouldn't be surprised. If the if the Marlins get in, I'm with you. Pitching keeps doing its thing. And I love that Soler is healthy and I love that Jazz is in the lineup and yep. like everybody's good. Arise hurt right now. I think they can overcome that. If they don't Me get too. in, it's they have because, been overcoming it. Yes. If they don't get in, it's because AJ Puck throws three times this week. He's been dreadful. He's been horrible. Dreadful. Where did that come from? Because he was like an all-star. Well, it's funny with, and I've seen this discourse online and it's correct. He was really, really lucky in the early parts of the season. Like you looked at some of his, some of his peripherals, but it's tough to really guess with relievers. Like you can kind of see it coming, but the numbers were there. Like AJ Puck in the first half was one of baseball's luckiest relievers and regression just hit him like a truck. He doesn't look like that same electric guy that we saw earlier on in the season. And Marlins fans were definitely celebrating about the J.J. Bladet trade. And yeah. Bladet's been fine for the A's. Understand. Now you got a reliever who you cannot trust in big moments. But you can trust Nardi, and you yep. can trust Tanner Scott. And it's yep. really nice to have Matt Moore in the fold, too. Yep. Those guys have been great. Great. So, great. I don't know. I'm worried that, like, the certain you know, like bad eggs and, you know, puck, I've heard great dude, but like the certain runt of the litter in, in the bullpen, like if they have some of the, you know, tertiary guys in that bullpen, screw them. I think that's how they get out. But I do think that the Marlins are probably better positioned than the Chicago Cubs at this point. I I think it's too little too late for Cincinnati. Who's two and a half back going into this final week. And I know that they're in Cleveland. Um, They see Lucas Giolito today. I still just I can't get behind it because they don't have a guy that can go out and shut an opposing offense down. They yes, had a they nine offense, nothing. They have an offense that can hit any pitchers that they're going to see this week. Like I they know. are, I I can't like the Guardians like don't win games. The Cardinals they might get a lead and then they'll blow it. The Reds I think it's. Do you think it's more likely? That the Reds go four and one in their last five games, or the Cubs go three and three. Cubs go three and three. I don't know. I feel very. I, I think you, with that still, I don't know if the Reds even catch the Cubs if they go three and three. Right, four and one. I think no. they'd still be a half game back. I think so. Um, so yeah, I mean the Reds. It's not probably going to happen. But I also would not be surprised if they win those five straight. I would not be at all. The game that did me in with Cincinnati was the 13 to 12 loss to the Pirates on Saturday, where they were ahead by nine and the Pirates just stormed back. I was like, oh, if man. there's if there's a dagger anywhere, that's it's a season that. killer. You're right. Yeah. That was the season killer, I think. Now, could they win the next five and shut me up? Yes. Like we've We've said that a billion times already this show, but like, I just, I can't look at that Saturday game and say, yep, that's a wild card team. They're going to bounce back. They're going to show resilience because they clearly didn't. You know what? You're right. You, that's, that's something that I didn't truly consider. I was leaning more into 
I don't think the Guardians have been good. I don't think the Cardinals have been good. For a young team like that to blow a lead like that, that's a season ender. And that and is just won. incredibly deflating. And they're young. I don't know if they can bounce back no. from that. Even if the schedule allows them to, that might be rolled into the ballpark, just depleted. And then and, the season's over. And they won the following afternoon. They won Sunday afternoon, but still, man, like a 13 to 12 loss when you were ahead by nine and the Pirates were 0 and 8. 820 or something like Mac Jason Mackey, the post Gazette put out the crazy number, but the, the pirates, that was their first win in like 820 games when they trailed by nine or more runs in franchise history. So, I mean, it's, that it is the, the pirates. One. It and it was against the pirates. the pirates. It wasn't the Braves. No, it was, it was the almighty buckos and they raised the Jolly Roger. Um, yeah. I don't think Cincinnati, has the pedigree to get there, to be totally honest. And Votto has been there, but like Votto's never played in the NLCS. Um, you know, I I just think this is uncharted territory, and I don't know if this young team can survive high leverage after what happened on Saturday. So those are my thoughts on the National League. Um, American League, I'm going to go Rays, Blue Jays, Astros. Hmm. National League, I go Phillies. D-backs, Marlins. My wildcard predictions, I am going to go Rays, Blue Jays, Mariners, with the Astros on the outside looking in. Then in the National League, I'm going to go Phillies, Diamondbacks, Marlins, and the Cubs on the outside looking in. Okay, so same in the National League. Mm Mm-hmm. We flip-flop Seattle and Houston in the American League. And this is the series, Houston versus Seattle, this week. That'll decide that. Enjoy it, everybody. And with that, hopefully everybody enjoyed this episode of the Just Baseball Show. Of course, we'll be back tomorrow like we always are. And if you haven't listened yet, Walker Bueller episode is live. Episode 548 talks about his rehab, NL. AL Cy Young races, and of course, more Joey Votto talk. Best way to support, if you could just rate and review, come on. Five stars, Spotify, Apple Podcasts takes a second, and it really helps us out. We never ask you to spend a dime. Just if you could rate and review, subscribe on YouTube, hit the like button, comment button. Your predictions, we'd love to see them. Did we say anything that you hate? Let us know. Say anything that you like? Let us know in the comment section below. And get yourself some Just Baseball merch. You can find that in the episode description, both on YouTube and in the podcast description. It's Jack McMullen. I'm Peter Apple. We'll be back tomorrow with that. Thank you. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and 
turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.